not show him what it means here. It's, it's actually a, a proper teaching uh, as far as the church history goes. Okay, it, it might be called the doctrine of concurrence. What, uh, in summary, the topic is uh, along the lines of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. And concurrence means how does that work? Okay, that's what we're trying to figure out. How does that work? And we know that God is sovereign, and we know also, or we might, you might be questioning, but is man responsible? And uh, we're saying yes and yes. And, but then uh, the question we're trying to answer, or even uh, maybe we can't answer it with confidence, but we can uh, explore the topic and what we know, and perhaps... Uh, uh, just get a, a glimpse of what we don't know. Uh, the question is, how does that work? Okay? Uh, so God's sovereignty and man's responsibility and man's liberty along with that. Second London uh, Confession of Faith 3.1 says, God has de decreed in himself from all eternity by the most high and holy counsel of his own will Freely and unchangeably, all things, decreed all things, whatsoever comes to pass. Yet, so as thereby is God neither the author of sin, nor hath fellowship with any therein. Okay, he didn't, uh, he's not the author of sin. Nor is violence offered to the will of the creature. Okay, nor violence is offered to the will of the creature, meaning he's, the, the will of the creature is not offended. Okay? Yeah. Nor yet is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away. There is second cause. Okay? Uh, all creature acts on, uh, on the second cause. God is the first cause. But rather established, in which appears his wisdom in disposing all things, and power and faithfulness in accomplishing his decree. Okay? So... <clears throat> I didn't put it there. I only have two slides, the beginning and the end. <laughs> Sorry, it dawned on me. I, 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 with all of this, last minute, okay, maybe 10 minutes before we left the ho our house, it's like, oh, I got to put this in PowerPoint because I can't, I can't describe this. So, in the car, okay, so you'll see what I came up with at the end. Anyway, so forgive me. My, my wife is smiling. <laughs> She's witness to that. Okay. So our topic today is part two uh, of chapter 10, the decree and concurrence by way of review. We said God's decree is, according to Sam Renihan, okay, hone in on this, I'll underline them. The decree is act of God by which he determines absolutely and the existence and infallible future. Of all that is outside of himself, which is creation, universe, to the praise of his own glory, the first cause. And direct and director of all things, the antecedent and governor of all events. The study of the decree of God is the study of all that his will causes. All that his will causes. He is the first cause. So... <clears throat> Man's actions belong to secondary causes. There's only one first cause. God is the first cause. 
but the forces of nature and free actions of personal beings whom God has created are second causes. And this is important if, if we would be true to the Bible, that the existence of secondary causes should not be denied. Okay? Should not be denied. Second causes. Man does. Man acts. Okay. Uh, according to his will. We also understand that the first cause, God, establishes, this was a, a good word, uh, in my opinion, uh, establishes the stability upon which the second cause, creatures, can run their action and their subsequent effects. Okay, stability. <clears throat> the issue as, uh, addressed by this, uh, the, the Second London uh, Confession of Faith 3.1 point to the doctrine of concurrence and uh, that the doctrine that in all things God acts according to his agency, okay, according to his agency and creatures according to its agency. It invokes the idea of two things, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, it invokes the idea of two things running side by side, according to Renihan, okay. The question we struggled with and the object of this chapter is how does it work? They run side by side. Agency means uh, <clears throat> the ability and privilege God gives us to choose and to act for ourselves. Okay? The, ab the ability and privilege is the capacity to choose agency. <clears throat> so, running side by side. God's will and our will. God's liberty and our liberty. Running side by side. How does it work? The doctrine of concurrence helps us by avoiding the dilemma. We avoid the dilemma of thinking that either God is the only agent or we are. That exclusiveness, okay? That dilemma we think, did God do it or did I do it? And according to Renihan, don't fall into that trap. They run side by side. And also avoid the thinking that there is one kind, there is only one kind of liberty that of the Creator, the first cause. Okay. And we discussed last week the different kinds of liberty that creatures have. Okay. So, <clears throat> it might be that our minds will be settled when reflecting on the sovereignty of God and man's responsibility using these categories of liberty. Okay. It, it probably gives us some form of comfort or some satisfaction as we struggle with uh, man's responsibility against God's sovereignty is to know the kinds of liberty that man has. Okay. And uh, there is another angle. Uh, let me see. Um, and according to our study last week, the, the kind of liberty that we have is one is that it's dependent liberty. It depends on God's liber uh, uh, will, and it's, it's not completely free or independent. Okay? It's dependent liberty. And the second one is it's a correspondent liberty. Uh, does anybody remember what correspondent liberty is? It corresponds to what? I know you're shy here. According to our nature. According, corresponds according to our ability. Okay, remember that illustration that I did? Okay, a 
fish has freedom. He chooses. He can choose to fly, but he can't. Why not? It's just not his nature to fly, right? Same thing. The eagle cannot swim, although he wants to choose. He wants to swim. He chooses to swim. He'll drown. Okay. So correspondent liberty, dependent liberty, correspondent liberty, and the third liberty, the type, is concurrent liberty, and this is, well, this is exactly what the topic is. Uh, it goes hand in hand with God's will, and God's will will come to pass. Okay. <clears throat> so we're on the second part here. There is another angle that might help us. Towards understanding this, okay? I said towards because we, I tried, re- uh, I did a lot of research uh, this evening for this, and nothing, nobody can confidently say, he's got it, I got it, he's, here's the formula between the two of them, okay? Not in this flesh, not in this side of glory, it appears, and I agree. The more you, 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 you see it, the more you see, uh, the more you read and study, the more it's clear <laughs> that there are gaps, okay? It's clear there are gaps. But we, we, it doesn't mean that we ho- hover in the uncertainty, okay? We have enough there. It is such a blessing that the, even in the face of uncertainty, we can confidently worship and confidently act within the world. Okay, that's probably one lesson we get here. <clears throat> It may help us if we understood, along with the kinds of liberty, is uh, the necessity of God's decree. How does that work? Okay, necessity means what? It happens. It must happen. It happens without fail. Okay? It's necessary. So God's decree is necessary. It undergirds, uh, it provides stability for our own liberty that we can act. <clears throat> God's will is a must for everything. We pondered last week, like uh, I posed the question, what would happen if there was no first cause? There was no, if there is no God, right? As far as our uh, will, is that we lose that stability. And there would be chaos. The laws of physics will not work, okay? Or we, I don't know if we can even discover the laws of physics. And uh, we understand also that uh, existence would end. Okay? Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Hebrews 1.3 And He is the radiance of His glory, and Jesus is the radiance of His glory, and the exact representation of His nature, and upholds all things. By the word of his power, upholds all things. Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Again, upholds, stabilizes all things that we can act and we can live. Again, another angle that may help us in understanding that concurrence, that, that side by side of the liberty of creatures and the necessity of God's decree is to distinguish the concept behind the idea of necessity. 
necessity. What is this necessity? We know, we, we, sometimes we take it for granted, God's decree happens, right? It's uh, infallible, meaning without fail. It will happen according to what he set out to plan. Yeah, there's a lot there involved, of course. But <clears throat> so how does this uh, work as far as uh, what, what is the nature of this necessity? What is the nature of this thing happening without fail? When we see all things change, right? And we see all things change. There's ad, uh, we can adapt, as creature adapt to how we decide according to what, what's in front of us. Okay? It seems like there's a lot of things, uh, things are uh, uh, volatile. It moves, but then there's stability and the 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 necessity. I mean, the uh, the uh, what are the conditions of these things that God has uh, placed uh, in His creation that makes it uh, that probably reveals its necessity. Okay, so for that we have, must understand. Uh, the idea between infallibility versus <coughs> compulsion. Infallibility and compulsion. So <clears throat> that's the first topic in the second part of this, this chapter. Infallibility means without fail. It will happen. Okay? God's things will happen. And then versus compulsion. Okay? Compulsion is... Uh, Something made you do it, okay? Something compelled you, compelled events to happen, right? I push this, it goes forward. I, I comp my finger compelled it to move forward, okay? That's in simple terms. So, according to this teaching, okay, there is nothing in the events, in the event itself, that necessitates the event to happen. Something outside of the event made that happen. Okay? And it must happen. The event itself may or may not happen. Okay? The actual event may or may not happen. They, they call this hypothetical. It's an if. Okay? But events will follow events. I push, the phone moved. I picked up the ball. If I pick up the ball, then I shoot it towards the basketball ring. The previous event, which is I picked up the ball, right, and made the aim. The actual event is then the ball flies into the air towards the basketball ring, you know. So event follows event, of course, if I miss. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's beside the point, okay? Events will follow events. But God's decree, since God is unchangeable and God's uh, decrees will not fail, uh, then the whole thing completes, you know? I, I take a shot, and I aim, and the, the ball went uh, towards the ring, so that would complete, and we're all happy about that. So God's decree is certain, it will not fail. Now, okay, you could probably see a lot of uh, ifs in there, right? So the idea of compulsion will probably help us, but as far as, the events unfolding there, if God decreases, 
decrease that, it will not fail. Now, when it comes to compulsion, which means that something has happened as a direct effect of the direct cause, cause and effect, I threw the ball, you know, with my gooseneck uh, shot. <laughs> I pushed the ball, and the ball flew off my hand by necessity of compulsion. I compelled it to do it. Okay? God's decree does not... This is probably where we're going to have controversy, but bear with me. Okay? God's decree does not compel the will of the creature. Okay? God's decree did not compel me to make that move. I chose to do it. Okay? But the events happening and completing and the ball making it to the ring was decreed by God. You see the tension now? You feel it? Okay. But he did not compel me to do it. Now this word compel, as I research, some people would use that as, uh, it's hard that, uh, I use that uh, sort of connected to God's will. Okay. So I would probably uh, look at that world loosely, okay, for when you're researching, okay, when you're studying, because some, some, some authors or some I've seen that uses that comp word compel as uh, how God uh, uh, makes his will done, okay? So you might see something that would contradict what Renihan is saying. But bear, bear with me, as when we summarize, then you will hopefully see the, 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 the picture of how does that work, okay? <clears throat> but uh, God's, uh, sorry. Okay. So God's decree does not compel the will, the will of the creature. Their will, our will, remains free. God's decree establishes the agency of second causes. God's decree establishes the infallibility of the event. The event will happen without fail, but without the necessity of compulsion. Okay? Does that make sense? As far as the definition, as far as what are the components that we see in the events. Okay? The events will happen. That ball is going to reach the ring. No matter what, it will not fail. But God did not, you know, take your hand, form it into gooseneck uh, uh, action to make it work. Okay? Okay. Let's leave it for the, uh, like that for now. <clears throat> so, the event will happen without fail, without the necessity of compulsion. Uh, my word here is that this is where we get off-kiltered, you know? Okay. Just feel that tension. That's what we're saying, okay? So the second part is that infallibility, without fail, and evitability, uh, from the word inevitable. Oh, yeah, which means, inevitable means what? It will happen unavoidable. Evitability means avoidable, okay? If God's... Uh, will 
does not fail, are events avoidable? That's what uh, we try to unpack in, in three paragraphs. Okay? God decrees something, it will happen without fail. Events just don't happen on its own, they are caused. Okay, my finger pushes the phone. So there is contingency. Contingency meaning uh, I have to do it. Okay, something has to, ha- to, to, to make the phone move. So if we consider the event itself with respect to man's liberty, okay, this might help us if we compartmentalize. If we consider the event itself with respect to man's liberty, my freedom, it is what? Avoidable or unavoidable? It's avoidable. I can choose not to move it, right? But if we consider the same action with respect to the decree of God, it is what? Unavoidable. Okay? That might help us a little bit, but not completely. Okay. So running side by side, concurrent? Okay. So this concept are useful because it preserves the infallibility of God and the liberty of man according to their nature, according to God's nature, according to man's nature, according to God's, God's freedom, which is absolute, and according to our freedom, which is limited and dependent. So man's, man's wills, man, man wills all he can will, and God guides all things according to his own purpose, resulting in his own glory. We are responsible. Okay. Helps a little bit? Okay? Helps a little bit. So Romans 9. Okay, if you're looking to study more about this, Romans 9 and 10. It gives us a flavor, okay, of uh, this tension that we have. Uh, I'll just focus on uh, Romans 9, 19 to 20. Who can read that? Loud voice. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Okay. Points to responsibility. But then there is this God will make things happen on their own. I mean, according to his own pleasure. So, our responsibility is there. No matter how all this concurrence work out. Okay? There may be, you might think that there may be or seemingly a conflict between our will and God's will. Or our freedom and God's, uh, you know, uh, power and His, uh, and His will and His infallibility. We are responsible for our actions. We have not done anything that we did not will to do. Okay. Uh, that's Renihan's uh, words. Okay. And I, I think I agree. <laughs> there are influences, forces uh, around us in our environment, external elements, external from us, that influences our action. But we did not. Uh, we did what we did because we did it. Okay. Our arms move because we move them, 
And our legs walk because we move them one step at a time. Okay, so this, this thing, the devil made me do it. Okay, it's not an excuse. Uh, okay. It's not an excuse. Uh, Genesis 3.13, Eve, right? The, the, the serpent deceived me, you know, and I ate. But who got condemned? Okay. All, yeah, the serpent's already condemned. And then even us, we are condemned, you know. Posterity. God has decreed all things. Actions are available, uh, avoidable, yet their outcome is certain. Ah, there's that tension again, okay? Events are hypothetical, yet that which comes to pass is decreed. Okay? So one big claim in all of this is also that God has not decreed all things would unfold or happen in the same manner. Okay? Has not decreed all things would unfold or happen in the same manner. It's kind of understandable because from the man's perspective, things can be avoidable. So if events that God decrees will happen, something, if we avoid things, right, towards that end, something is going to compensate or something is going to happen to make that happen anyway, even if we avoid our own contribution to that event. Does that make sense? Okay. So <clears throat> out of this, it may be helpful also to consider three kinds of causes in creation. Okay, but we, we saw the two kinds of causes, the first cause and the second cause. Within the second cause, there are different types of causes also. Think, different ty uh, types of things that would compel uh, events in the creation and universe. Okay? And this is easy. This is easier than we've been uh, struggling here. Okay? One cause within creation and the universe is the necessary cause. Causes that will happen, uh, that will make events happen. What are examples of this? These are events that no matter what, it will happen because of creation and universe. Right? If, if, if I drop this, what will happen? It will fall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but don't blame me. Something, something made that fall. I just released my hand, right? <laughs> Okay, so necessary cause, right? It, it, it will happen uh, from creation's point of view. There might be loopholes in here, you know. What will happen? It will fall. It will hit the ground. Why? Gravity, right? It's necessary. We expect it to happen. Okay, it will not float. But I see. Uh, but we see loopholes here. Loopholes. Okay. Let me tell you something. This is probably from a preacher or from a speaker's point of view. Okay. Uh, about illustrations. Okay. The role of illustrations in a speech. Okay. Illustrations are not proof. They they never are. There, there's loopholes. Eventually, if you if you argue on illustrations in the grounds of illustration. 
it will fail as proof because it's not meant to be proof. What is it meant for? To explain, meaning in other words. Okay? So, <clears throat> one lesson there. So, this illustration may have loopholes, but the idea is there. It's a necessary cause. Gravity will pull it down. Okay? So, <clears throat> did God pull, you, pull it down to Earth actively? He didn't have to, right? He established all that already, and it's necessary for that to fall. Okay, so that's the distinction there. It's a necessary cause, but it's within creation. So laws of physics, which God created anyway, include, including gravity, made this predictable event. A contradiction may happen. Okay, these are the loopholes. Or contradiction may happen, and that you won't fall if you jump off the cliff, for example. And instead, you will float. It could happen in God's will, but in creation, it's not expected, right? Things like this is what we call what? When it's not within, huh? It's not within the uh, established stability of universe and creation, but God willed it. And it, it was like a surprise. A miracle, you see? So we see the distinction there now. That helped me quite a bit. Okay? God establishes universe and creation with all the laws of physics and chemistry, and things are predictable. But then there are loopholes. It's like, okay, it didn't happen. So we, we may or may not call it, uh, I would confidently say miracles, right? I hesitate there because uh, there might be instances that we just don't know yet, right? The reasons of things, the reasons of things. Like, you know, for example, that people thought the, the earth was flat, right? And then they realized it was, it was earth, so that changes all things and everything. But and miracles do happen. If it's outside of the, uh, the stability that God created in the universe and creation, miracles happen. Okay? Questions? Is that okay? There are causes that are necessary. It will happen. Uh, it can lead to events uh, that should happen. Now, the, the second kind of causes within creation is the free causes. This is where we live. We make choices. We decide things. There are, uh, that happen, uh, okay, first, let me step back. There are events that happen on its own. These events happen under free causes. Examples are like heartbeat. They, they beat, no matter, I mean, they just do it, okay? When you come alive, it beats. Right. It doesn't have to beat, but it does. And so no one triggered it, okay, uh, in the universe. It just, it just happens. And, uh, uh, or compelled it to beat. Uh, except probably when it stops and, and somebody does the, you know, clear. <laughs> Chunks. But there are things like that. Uh, they, uh, Rennie Ann puts that under free causes. But uh, um, uh, I guess the categories that go under free causes are the things that we decide, that we choose to do. These are 
there's numerous. If you choose left versus right, these fall under uh, free causes. You are free uh, to choose what would happen. Okay? So that's kind of free causes. Most of our daily lives are, are caused by free causes. Most events are caused by free causes. Okay? We decide. We read a book because we want to read a book. You don't have to, but you did. Okay? What caused you to read a book? My decision. So it's, it's free. You can do it. So there are, as I said, numerous free decisions that we do all day long. So these fall under free causes. And then there is a contingent cause. That's the third part. Okay. We're, we're going to use a word that Rennie Han used, used here. And uh, at first I didn't want to use it because perhaps I don't want to, ex- I don't, I, I, I can't explain if you ask me questions. <laughs> but I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it, okay? Uh, contingent causes. Contingent is it may or may not happen, right? So, <clears throat> Renan says it might, uh, God has decreed that some things happen by coincidence. There it is, right? Or by chance. God has decreed that some things happen by coincidence or by chance. So, the use of coincidence or chance here is within the realm of God's providence still. Okay? I hope that helps you. Okay, so what is this chance? And sometimes we we go further and we call it what? Luck, right? Lucky. And we know as Baptists, there's no such thing as luck. It's God's providence, right? We are pot luck, you know, God pot providence. <laughs> we don't use that, right? But many hand use this. So it's like, oof, should I use this or not? Okay, so you feel my tension too. But let's, let's, uh, let's give it uh, uh, grace and let's, let's go forward, okay? So events that belong to this category happen because the agent, the one that caused it, man, did not intend them to happen. Okay? Unintentional. These are events caused by contingent uh, things. It happened by accident in man's world. Renihan used 1 Kings uh, 22 about King Ahab in a battle where he was killed by an arrow. Okay? Unintentional. The archer decided to just shoot the arrow in what? In random. He wasn't aiming for him. Okay. But it struck Ahab. Physics, the, necessa- the necessary cause, physics work, right? The tension in the uh, string caused the arrow to, to go, as physics would have it. The archer's choice to release at random is at work. He was free to release or not. Okay, he did release, and, but it hit Arab accidentally. He did not intend it to do. But God's providence, okay, it struck him according to God's providence. So this is what I mean, coincidence and uh, uh, let me just finish this. I'll, uh, all the elements in the environment just made it possible that the arrow would hit Arab, even if it was unintentional. 
That's what it means by contingent causes. That's why we have airbags, that why we, we, what do you call this, uh, baby-proof our homes, and we wear helmets when we ride a bike, just for those kinds of events, okay? Yeah. 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 Jazz. Right. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> I needed support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's our three. Okay, Kyle. Okay. Yeah, I think even with that example, right, with the, with the archer who shoots the arrow, yeah. you're going here, I'm Okay. But uh, when shooting the arrow, and, uh, and then the scripture says this was to fulfill the prophecy of, I don't remember who, but okay. oh, yeah. of one prophet, right? Okay. So it's like it was always under God's control. Full control. Even though from man's perspective, it's like, what? You know, it's like included because you're like, what yeah. are the odds? You know, what that, are the odds? You know, random fire at will, and it fulfills God's plan That's and right. prophecy that it had already announced before. Okay. Yeah. That's true. See, we see this, we see these things play out, you know, and we are amazed how, how these things work. Like, there are probably movies that depict this, scenes in movies, you know. He didn't want to go there because he's avoiding something, but then eventually he meets that same guy somewhere else. It was a story like that, right? So, <clears throat> but Renny Hans puts, puts it in categories that we might be able to discern what's going on here, okay? What's going on here? Now, is God surprised with these events? No, of course, right? Was this outside of God's decree? No. We call it accident, chance, and everything. Did they happen by chance, coincidence? From our perspective, as God said, yes. But from God's perspective, no. Okay. So it was unintentional. So that's what it meant. Okay. Thank you for bearing with me. So that's what it meant, like coincidence or chance or luck, okay? <clears throat> there was this conversation in a movie that surprised me. Uh, I hold on to this because it really floored me when I, 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 I encountered it in a movie. This coincidence, this chance or luck thing says, this was, uh, I won't mention the, the, the movie, but there was a, a God-fearing king, he was a Christian king, and he, he was uh, having conversation with a pagan, Viking, okay? Back in the days. The Viking sur survived many battles. He was a warrior. So, but he came face to face. The king summoned him okay, cause he, for, special, uh, uh, for a special mission or something. So the king said, I hear you are a warrior. Uh, and he replied, yeah, I have been tested and I've been lucky. He's pagan. Okay. <clears throat> so the king said, hmm, I have not worked out the theology of luck. So the king asked him, can a man be lucky if God disposes? Okay. God decides what would happen. So he asked that question. So the pagan answered, if God is with you, then you are lucky. Okay? So he's like, that's not theological teaching here. But I was like, yeah, but we don't believe in luck. But 
it does make sense, right? In, in some level. So, in a way, that pagan was just, you know, telling us the concurrence here <laughs> without knowing it. Okay, that's what I have so far. Questions? Oh, let me preface this. This kind of gives us some, some tools, okay? I'm not going to say a, the, a foundation uh, yet, okay, because there are some questions. But it gives us some tools to, uh, that would equip us uh, on the next two chapters, okay? The next two chapters is God's decree applied to specific doctrines that we have, okay? All this concurrence, all this man's will responsibility applied to specific things. One, the, the next chapter, I think 11, is God's decree on sin, okay? Uh, you notice I didn't, uh, did all the examples about sin. And the other one is God's decree to uh, salvation, to predestination, that he chooses his people and not certain people. Okay, so leave that question. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, okay. If some of you are still confused, okay, uh, still tense and tension and everything, okay, I, uh, <clears throat> this might help you, okay? Oops, sorry. Okay, don't focus too much on the details of this, okay? So, in computers, in engineering, uh, we, we see processes as in simple things, in simple terms, okay? There's a process, and the requirements of a process is that there's an input, okay, and there's an output. That's a process, engineering and computer science and everything. So, you put in an input, it does its processes there, does everything, and out of that process, you have an output, okay? So, <clears throat> and that process, sometimes we call it black, black box, because we don't care what happens there. I, I, I just know if I put something in here, it comes out the way I want it to come out, okay? Unless there's bugs in there. So, that's a process, okay? Input, processes, output. So, I see it like that in what we're uh, discussing here, okay? God's will and man's will going concurrently, okay? And all, it has all this discussion going on, okay? But I think what we should be concerned about is what we see in the Bible, and which is very, uh, that we can hold the truth in, and we can work with, okay? God's decree whatsoever will come to pass. We know that to be true. It will happen, okay? Okay. Uh, I forget who said it. I think Spirit, uh, no, R.C. Sproul says. If you, don't, if you don't believe that, it's not about Calvinism versus Arminianism. No. It's, it's about atheists and atheists. Okay? If you don't believe that, you're an atheist. That's what he said. So we know that to be true. Out of that discussion, out of that confusion and everything, we know God uses creation to effect His will. If not affect, but effect. Effect is causes. Affect is influence, right? Effect His will. So we know that to be true. He uses us. He uses His creation. He establishes us there. Okay? There might be miracles. 
right? There might be miracles as we've discussed, but for the most part, he uses creation to affect you. So we know that to be true. And then here's the here's the rub. Man is responsible for his actions. We know that to be true. Okay? So you can skip all this if you don't want to. <laughs> and work off this. That's what Romans 9 and 10 gives us. So the, in Romans 9 and 10 it says, what then? What then? What then? Ah. It doesn't give us details. But at the end it tells us, God does that. Who are you to ask? But you are still responsible. I hope that helps. Okay? So all these questions, it's still it's still rumbling in there, in the church history. Okay? Still rumbling there. Some people may have figured it out. I don't know. I don't think so. Spurgeon says, not in this world. God's sovereignty versus man's responsibility of freedom. But we, we should try, exercise our mind, but don't lose this. Okay? Some people will, will challenge this and go back in here and challenge that. I'm not responsible. You know, I can live my life. What do we call that her heresy? That, that's a heresy. Antinomianism, right? Mm -hmm. Or God, or some people will challenge this. Oh, what do you call that? You're an atheist. Right? Does that make sense? It's helpful. I, I can go here back and forth and everything. I get lost. And say, okay, I'll discuss this. But I hold off. I hold on to this truth. I'm back. Questions? Okay. Next two chapters might be more interesting. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, um, I, I think it's helpful. So my sister, she's uh, does not believe in Calvinism, and, and she has a pro she, she has an issue with um, uh, irresistible grace, but it's because. She, she thinks that irresistible grace means that God is compelling us. Right. And it's like, that's not Calvinism. She's been taught by people who, you know, right. kind, of, kind of set it up as like a straw man that... Yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, it's like, well, I don't believe in the Calvinism you don't believe in. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't believe in that. Yeah. Um, in that compulsion. So it's, it's helpful categories to like right. talk with people about and, and um, yeah. yeah. I think I put it here somewhere. Look, look at this. Spurgeon says this. God saves apart from man with man's full consent. <laughs> oh, it's like, ah. Okay? Does God compel man's action apart from man's liberty? He says, so that word compel, just be careful of that. Okay? It might be a, the, the contention, or it might be, you might see contradictions. Some people say, God does not compel. And some people say, God compels. It might be the definition of the word they're talking about. Just be careful that we compel. So, with full consent. Are events, sorry, avoidable given God does not compel man to act differently from man's will? Okay. First cause and second cause. What type of liberty does man have? What is the nature of the necessity of God's will? These two we, we talked about. How does the friendship of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility work. We, last week we said they are friends. We don't reconcile friends according to Spurgeon, right? They are friends. They just don't know how that works. Exactly. We know some, but not exactly. Okay. Questions, answers. Good? Okay. Anthony. So when you're talking about like, uh, if, 
if something were to happen. I, I was thinking of First uh, uh, Corinthians three, um, when Paul's speaking about the wisdom is not the wisdom of the, of the world, but uh, the demonstration of power of the Spirit and of power. Uh, that uh, uh, when we speak of God's wisdom and a mystery, the wisdom which has been hidden, which God predestined before the ages to our glory, which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. But to us, God has revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So it's like, it's his, his decree, his sovereignty, his fulfillment of all the, the prophecies about our Lord, and it's just, uh, but he hid it, yet there are responses. It's possible. Thank you, for that. that's very good. Okay. Lord and Father, we thank you that we, we got through this, this part of the lesson, Lord, to help us understand more. And help us be settled for things that you have un not revealed to us uh, yet at this time. Grant that we may be sanctified by, uh, by this, Father. And that uh, we face tomorrow with, with uh, such blessing, knowing that you are in control of all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is there any way that we can have this in the right form? What's that?